Let us now go to Toronto, where Mark Breslin is standing by. He is the founder and president of Yuck Yucks, the largest comedy chain in all of North America, perhaps the world. You were supposed to be in Palm Springs, but you... I was. Were you in Palm Springs? I was. I was ordered by my prime minister to get home. They needed you. No, he said, get home. He said this to Canadians. Get home and stay home. And then I noticed he lives with a supermodel. And I thought, <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's not that much of a, of, a, of, a, of a difficulty for him. And then they did a little tour of his house where he did this from, where he's been sequestered and has uh, 86 rooms. And I thought, maybe it's not so hard for him. <laughs> a little harder for all of us. Now, so I was in Palm Springs. I was in Palm Springs. We were doing a three-week vacation. Um, we left just as this COVID thing was starting to really blow up, but we felt, eh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We're not going to give up on our vacation. Everything was fine for the first week, and I have to tell you that the transmission rates in California are not good, but in, Cal- in Palm Springs, um, it's quite safe. There was only one recorded uh, case in the entire Coachella Valley. Maybe, maybe but, because of the heat. Maybe they say maybe because of the heat. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's because it's kind of um, removed from from people. People had canceled vacations to to go there. It was kind of desolate, and it became more and more and more desolate. And there was they were starting to close things for no, no real reason. The last night we were there, um, we actually had to like find a hotel to be able to find a restaurant because that was the only place the restaurants were allowed to be open. Even takeout had been closed, and we thought, what's the point? We're coming home. Right. Right. So now I'm in I'm in isolation. I'm in um, imposed self quarantine for 14 days with my family because you think you might have contracted it from the flight. It's, it's the law. If you're coming from another country, you have to um, self quarantine for 14 days with your family. And the last time I heard about that was a movie called The Shining, and um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's going to work out so well. <laughs> red rum, red rum, red rum. You know what? It rum. is. It is. And I you, like a clearer rum. Yeah. Well, I hang don't on. Really like a red rum. You have a young son and a wife. Yep. Yep. I. That's right. It is. Uh, here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Well, you run the world's largest comedy chain, and I was. No, think- I don't. No, I don't. Not today. I don't. All my clubs are closed. When did you close them? Uh, over a period of about a week, about a week ago. Some of them we were able to hold on to a little longer than others, uh, but they're all closed now. Again, that's government decree now. What would happen if you said, the hell with it, we're open for business? Um, well, first of all, I don't know how many customers would come because everybody's so freaked out. Yesterday, um, we... I, I have an idea. I have an idea. Yes. Yes. What about doing a show for people with the coronavirus? If everybody has it, they can mingle. Well, that's like a leper colony, isn't it? <laughs> but what that's about the theory saying, of a leper colony? You, you it's show- also the theory of taking pedophiles and putting them all on an island. <laughs> um, you know, they'll, they'll all be together. Nothing bad can happen to the outside population. I think Jeffrey um, Epstein had one of those islands. I believe he did, and it was a nice island, I have to say. 
Those lepers really did well. Those social lepers did extremely well. What would happen if you opened your club? Um, the police would come and shut it down. I'd get a huge fine. And do you feel that's a violation of your civil liberties? Yep, but I don't care because uh, if I'm not alive, I, my civil liberties don't mean much. Right. So it's okay. I understand why all of this has to be done. But, of course, if you extrapolate over time, how long can a small business survive not open? Right. So I can't tell you what's going to happen with my, with my company. Um, if this is two weeks, as they say, we'll survive that. If it's a month. Oh, we can survive that. Six weeks, we can survive that. But after it starts to get longer than that, I mean, um, are we paying rent? Are we, you know, paying for things that we can't? We have no cash flow. Uh, all these things will start to to become a big issue. It's not just comedy clubs; it's music clubs; it's everything. I knew there was going to be a problem when they closed down Broadway. They never closed down Broadway because the show must go on or the gays must go on <laughs> west end i understood a week ago there was still theater yeah. i wonder i don't know if they've finally succumbed i don't know if they finally su well the gays they do succumb um <laughs> i'm sorry i had to all right now i have a theory about comedy and you, you oh i thought you were gonna say you had a theory about gays that too uh, well, yeah, you you teach comedy at, at Humbert College, is that correct? Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I I put the program together. I don't teach it as much as as others. I pick the teachers, but yes, I, let's go go ahead with this. Sure. It's called Humbert College. Humbert, that's right. Not Humbert, like the guy in Lolita. Oh, that's where it's I was Humbert. going. Okay, that's where I was going. Uh huh. Uh, by Sorry the way. For, Stealing your, your joke. All right. By the way, speaking yeah. of low, I was telling somebody the 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 funniest line in literature, according to a teacher I once had, is from Lolita, where he says, I believe he says, my first wife died, lightning, comma, picnic, period. And the older I get, the funnier that becomes. Yes, it's that's it's, that's quite brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> My first wife died, lightning comma picnic. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and I remember my teacher saying, "This is the funniest line in Western literature." When I was a kid, he told me this, and with time, I've come to see how. Truly brilliant. How uh, brilliant it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nabokov was, Nabokov was a brilliant writer, not just with um, Lolita, but Pale Fire is brilliant. Um, Ada is brilliant. They're brilliant books. So we're always yeah. told when, you know, 9-11 happened, sea change in comedy. Can irony ever exist? I remember that. Uh, I I must have I must have done twenty five thirty interviews just on that subject. Right? Will we ever laugh again? Yeah. And I would say I'm laughing now at all those people who died. <laughs> and then and then the offers to to comment stopped. Interestingly enough. Uh huh. Yeah. 
So here's what I was going to do. I was going to call you and read the scores, you know, Canada versus the United States in terms of COVID scores. Sure. And maybe a week ago, I would have thought that would be acceptable. But now I'm in Manhattan, which is, you know, Wuhan on the Hudson, as I call it. Uh, yes. Not so funny. Not so funny. Is it funny? You can make anything funny if the joke is good enough. It just stings afterwards, um, but like ripping off a Band-Aid. But, um, but give me the joke. Yeah. I'll be the judge of it. Right. You know, give me the joke. I'll be the judge of it. But, um, of course, people people have to get through things uh, whatever way they can, using humor to um, talk about what we're terrified about. Mm-hmm. That's as old as Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And so there are no comedy clubs. The, the sense of community is disappearing. Do you get... Um, fr- it's co- Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. No, you, you go idea. ahead. No, you, you, no, you. I, I, no, I was, I was snorting and grunting. No, you, you have an actual thing to say. Say it, please. Well, I mean, are you terrified that they're going to shut down this economy for a year? Like, what do you see as? I don't see it. I'm in denial, so I don't see this lasting as long as people say it is. In fact, there's a. A Nobel laureate who's claiming that, you know, in a couple of weeks, everything will come back to life. We, we On today's show, we have a, a correspondent from global Chinese television who says, you know, things are coming back to life in Wuhan and in Beijing. This thing has. And, you know, you can trust a Chinese person right now um, to tell you the truth. So that's great. See that when you talk that way. Yeah, I I think you're, you're talking about not being able to trust communist China and their government. Why should we trust Donald Trump? Uh, do we? Who said we do? I trust one man right now. And you know who it is. It's Andrew Cuomo. Very good. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, I, that's the one interesting. Man I, that's the one man I trust. That is the man who should be running for president right now. I'm not his brother, but um, that you know, is fascinating. I, he, he's been amazing. He's been amazing through this stuff. I, I hope you agree. Yeah, but I'm surprised. I live in New York, and I assumed that you would be turning to somebody else in Toronto. No, we all watch CNN. It's where it's happening. Let's face it. So, what Andrew Cuomo says to the people of New York, the rest of the world listens to. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the steady hand? Sorry, in- sorry, sorry. I meant Chris Cuomo. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean the the broadcaster, not oh. the politician. Oh, oh. But who do you turn to for for you know? Giuliani was America's mayor after nine eleven. This is an international attack. So who does Canada turn to for for calm and, and guidance? We like our prime minister. He's doing a good job. He's saying the right things. Um, it can't get too much better than that. We have good scientists here that tell more or less the truth. But the truth is a, is mercurial. It's difficult. It changes all the time. 
changes every day. I mean, I have my theories. Uh, my theories, of course, you know, being a little offbeat mm-hmm. that this virus was created in Iran as part of a uh, bioterrorism. They launched it in uh, um, China. It's a good staging ground be- for various social reasons. They knew it would expand um, magnificently, and everything that the uh, they wanted to do for nine eleven has been has been accomplished. Um, the entire world has been brought to its knees. I only don't understand why they haven't taken credit for it yet. So is so, the, the Belt and Road Initiative. Do I really believe this? Do I really believe this? I don't know. Maybe. It seems really weird that the entire world could stop because some guy went to a restaurant and said, you know, I had the rat last night. <laughs> I had the cat the night before. How was the bat? And somebody said, the bat, very good, very good. Do you want it two ways? Wings, <laughs> like breaded wings and the rest? Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Thank you. And and this whole thing has happened because of that. It does strain a bit of credulity to believe that that's what it's all about. Well, the, the first rule with bat is you never eat bat on a Sunday because the bat gets delivered on a Friday. We know this, and there are no yeah. deliveries on Saturday. So by Sunday, right. by Sunday, the bat is not fresh. Don't order bat for lunch on Monday because there's no guarantee that the del- I mean, that's the most dangerous time to order bat. By Monday night, it, the bat should be fresh. That's a general rule of thumb when it comes to... Well, obviously somebody was hoodwinked and got the bad bat. And yeah. ate it and then said, I don't feel so good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't feel so good. I've eaten this. I've eaten these bats for years. Right. In fact, my grandmother used to make it. It's an old grandma recipe. Right. Right. Well, so the bat I, stew, I, 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 it's I okay to have a bat stew on a Sunday night. Maybe. But, I don't know. But not, not, yeah, by that, it, they can cook most of it out. You know, it's been stewing for hours, but. Yeah. Well, that's one theory. I've heard that uh, I've heard that Wuhan is a uh, there are weapons plants in Wuhan, and that they've and that they've weaponized germs. And here, here's you know one of the gifts of getting older is you begin to think, well, it's never as good, it's never as bad as we think it's going to be. Right? Is that a fair... Is, is that the wisdom yeah. of old age, that things are never yes, as I bad? So. Or, right? Yes, some of the old people in Auschwitz said that from time to time, uh-huh. but go on, yes. <laughs> and by the way, if I can just interject, can I interject something sure. here? Anytime you say Auschwitz, well, I interject away. Well... Just saying that the world is very concerned about the people who are dying, and it could be that as many as like 500,000 people in the world will die. And that's a terrible thing. But I don't remember anybody saying anything about the 6 million Jews in the 40s. Just saying. Yeah. Well, we've heard 2 million Americans could end up dying from this. Yes, but they're just Americans. What are you eating? 
a bagel. Are you really? I had a comic friend of mine, since I can't go out, we gave him a uh, a list of stuff, and he went and he did a shopping thing for us and then left it on the porch. And, and the bagel was a hostile gesture, wasn't it? He hates Jews, but he did this anyway, because <laughs> he likes to work. <laughs> and he figures eventually we'll be back in business. Right, right. Are you using this time productively? Well, we just got back here, you know, three, four days ago, so we're still kind of in shock. Um, everybody wants to use it productively. Everybody wants to walk away from this thing. I wrote a novel. Uh-huh. Um, I solved the, the issues in cold fusion. Realistically, I'm just trying to get through the day, do some reading, um, make phone calls, see how everybody is, play with my child. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to wind up coming up with any genius idea here. Uh, we're all too freaked out to come up with genius ideas. What are you freaked out about? Well, the fact that um, I may not have a company in two months is kind of something I'm worried about. I had to lay off all my employees. I'm worried about that. Right. The comics don't have any um, social net. I'm worried about that. We paid them for two weeks um, for their gigs that were coming up, and everybody thought I was a hero. And thank you, but that's only two weeks. What happens after that? And what are they talking about in terms of... Let me ask you this, because we have Dr. Harriet Fraud on this show, and she's a, a a psychotherapist, and she helps people through a Marxist perspective, which is very important. In the United States, we talk about... Psychotherapist? Psychotherapist? You mean psycho the rapist? <laughs> Read it. You know, punctuation is so important. It really is. Each shoots and leaves. <laughs> She's a, a, a Marxist psychotherapist who teaches her clients to filter a lot of their neuroses through the prism of the, the, the systems of control we find ourselves under. I mean, so often we're taught to blame ourselves when, in fact, we're being traumatized by either an economic or political system. And if we can recognize that, it, it helps us deal with our anxieties and our depressions. And I happen to agree that, that I, that was the, that was the serious point of the book I wrote in in 2000, uh, control freaked. And, um, it was, everybody had always called me a control freak. And I always said, no, I am controlling what I can control to protect myself from the true elements of control in our society. And so living in Canada, do you feel you're controlled by an economic system, a value system, a culture? Do you, you know, here in the of United course. States, it's calm the markets, free market solutions that don't exist. So it's the government providing money so the free market can claim that there are free market solutions. What What's going on in Canada in terms of where no, you're we looking? Are, we are, where are you looking for control. solace? I don't look for solace. There really isn't anywhere to look for solace. It, we don't have all this obsessive free market stuff. But listen, man, it's all about the public, public opinion. And, uh, you know, I got married. What can I say? Um, this wasn't my idea. <laughs> what is that? Hang on. What, 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 what does marriage have to do? You've, you've, you've been trapped in the cabin too long. Do they have cottage no, fe- been- Do you get cottage fever 
in Ontario or cabin fever? What do they call it? Cabin fever, even though we'd go to the cottage. I don't go to the cottage because I don't like cottages. Um, I'm not a big fan of the outdoors. Uh, I'm more comfortable indoors. I like indoor things, um, which is why I'm not a staunch. Uh, you can't be a staunch environmentalist, you know, if you never go out. <laughs> I think. Um, well, yeah. So you and I are basically problem. shut-ins for all intents and purposes. But well, why would this be bothering you? I'm not a shut-in. I go from one closed environment to another closed oh. environment to another closed environment to another closed environment. I see. But rarely do I go for a walk in nature. Right. Just not my thing. But you're a bull of idea, however, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, it's not nature, it's concrete. Right. I feel very, very, um, I feel very comfortable being a flaneur in a flaneur, uh, yes. Paris cafe. Yes. In a Paris cafe. But that's hardly what I would call getting back to nature. Do you, do you wear a, a that's rose? Getting, that's, getting back to, that's getting back to Sartre. Right. Let me ask you a question about boulevardiers. Yes. That sounds like it could be a Yiddish word, doesn't it? Boulevardier, Boulevardier, yeah, sure. A flaneur. Not as much as, not as much as the word say far-fetched. That's right. Far-fetched sounds far -fetched like. Far-fetched really sounds like a Jewish word. You know what? Now, all of a sudden, flaneur sounds like it could be a Yiddish word. Flaneur does sound like it could be, but it sounds like something that, um, you know, it's a bad bowel movement. <laughs> um, I had a flaneur. Um, as a now I'm using it. As opposed to a good one? They're good bowel movements, said Danny Thomas. Okay, St. Jude's Hospital. St. Jude's, yes. give money to... I have a, a rule. Anytime I make a Danny Thomas glass coffee table joke, I plug St. Jude's because St. Jude's is the best. So that was... Well, you know that Danny, you know that Danny Thomas almost drowned one in a, in a lake uh, uh, at some point, but it was okay for him because uh, it was... He looked up and he saw a glass-bottom boat. Um, so, um, I don't know if you know that. It gave him the strength to swim. The it was the light. At the, uh... And then it turned out, and then it turned out, the guy was transporting sausages. <laughs> um, so it was a great day for, for Danny Thomas. Can you change how you're hardwired sexually in other words yes it's called prison <laughs> see i've always believed you know look gay people always say um you know hey we were made this way we didn't choose it right as if if they did choose it it would somehow be a lesser um it would be morally a, le a lesser thing to do if people choose if people are, are made that way i don't think it matters actually but um, think of uh, situational homosexuality in a thing like a prison. Yeah, let's discuss this because it's really important. You never, you've never. Do been... you? Because you're going. Yeah, because you're going to prison, pal. Okay, you go to prison. Now you're sharing a cell with another man. Yeah. Yeah. At, at our age, at our age, and having been married, you can share uh -huh. a communal space with another person for long stretches of time. And not have sex with them. That's called marriage, Correct. right? Correct. It's called it's called marriage. That's yeah, right. Right. And uh, sometimes it becomes a chore. You go through. Yeah. So, so the idea of 
prison sex. Uh, w- or let me state up front, because we're going to get letters, and rightfully so. It's rape. Most of it is rape. Is that a fair statement? Well, you know, I prefer um, what I saw on Oz. Do you remember Oz? I didn't watch Oz. The, Dr. Oz? Oh, Oz is... No, Oz, the, the HBO show. Right. It's amazing. I, I never missed an episode. I don't know how many seasons it ran. But in it, there's a very good depiction of a what I'll call a, a marriage of convenience between two people who really do truly fall in love. Neither of them have any background in homosexuality before and it's situational it works for them um it's some kind of trust and love and it spills over into into the physical so it's not always rape right but that's oz yeah but i i I can understand how that could happen i could understand how how loneliness could really rewire your your, your sexuality. You know, look, Lenny Bruce once said, guys are so sexed up that if you put them on a desert island, they'll do it to mud. And I say, um, guys are so sexed up if you put them on a desert island, they'll do it to Lenny Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, other than Oz, I've never heard of a romance between two prisoners. That it's always been well, sexual, ha- but not an actual romance. Um, I had a uh, girlfriend who uh, was <clears throat> caught dealing drugs. They sent her to um, jail in, in the States. And um, when she got out, she told me a story about her girlfriend there. And she said it was a real girlfriend. And um, they had a sexual relationship. And it was very meaningful for her. And frankly, it got her through all the bad times. In, in her real life, in her non-prison life, it was never an option that she ever explored. But uh, again, that's I, I think that's I think women we're going to get letters. Don't worry about that. But, but aren't women built differently? Maybe there, and, 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 and that may be as well. But um, I don't think you can rule out the idea that. Um, people um, change their sexuality according to their to their social situation. It's entirely possible. You know, I was an incel all through high school. <laughs> that guy came from Toronto, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right. How's the bagel? We're doing some. We're doing. Look, we're doing some very advanced work here in Canada on not having sex. (laughs) (laughs) When the research project is over, I'll let you know. Well, how how much does the coronavirus dominate the news before you go? Are are people hanging on the, the every single word? It's pushed absolutely everything off the off the map. I mean, you know this. It turn on to uh, CNN. You might be want to know what's going on with Biden and Sanders. They're a footnote now. They barely matter. It's just, you know, nonstop. Um, this person's dying. We're all dying. We're all going to die. Uh, lock yourself in your room. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all over. It's no different here than it is there, I'm sure. And the new normal is not pandemics, but just to be terrified. 
at all times. It, it, there is something suspicious about this. All right. All right. So, uh, it's very suspicious, of course. Um, and you can extrapolate. And other people have um, uh, people who are. And, you know, I miss Alex Jones now because yeah. he would have had some really interesting things to say, most of which would have been bullshit. But he would have had some interesting things to say about this. But you got to admit um, that America is really ripe for canceling elections, martial law, um, all uh, complete. Uh, uh, what do you call it when you you. Don't let people out anymore. Uh, curfew, complete curfews. Um, They're begging the orders. president. Oh. We are begging the president. He, yeah, he's like so, he's like you know Julius Caesar refusing the crown, pretending to, he's oh you don't really want me to do all this stuff, do you? Yeah, you ha declare Marshall. We're begging him to shut the country well, down. No, well, it's not. Well, it's not much different here, except we've got a kinder guy with a nice beard, mm -hmm. um, you know, in charge. And so, you know, there's a bit more trust in, involved. And um, you don't suspect that he's somehow involved in going to turn this into some financial gain for himself, which I don't know how Trump will do that. But somehow it strikes me that he will or he might or he he, he will, you know. So we don't get that with, with Trudeau. But there's there's a feeling that this is. Um, this is a long-term problem that's going to exist for a long, long time. I'm hoping three weeks, and they'll just say, you know what? We don't need these old people all that much. Go to the nightclubs. Right, right. Before you go. And don't, and don't, and don't think that there isn't, I, that was a flip thing to say, but don't think that that isn't a possibility where they know that the numbers are going to be high. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to flatten the curve only to buy time so we can get better um, equipment, maybe work on a vaccine. But eventually they're not going to allow this world to degenerate into a, an economic dark age that we cannot recover from ever. So at some point, they're going to say, okay, uh, all, uh, all clear, be careful, wash your hands, and the numbers will run up again, and it will, it will end. Hundreds of thousands of people will die, and the economy will continue. Right. I think that's what's going to happen. And healthy cynicism during the time of a pandemic gets you what how many years in prison a book deal a book deal. Well, i a mean what is deal. what yeah. is healthy cynicism right now well healthy cynicism is not to take everything that you read on cnn uh, everything you hear on cnn exactly as is as true you have to look at people's um you know hit there are hidden agendas with hidden agendas with hidden agendas and i'm not um a covid denier Although I would like to make a musical out of it. It's a little early. <laughs> COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. <laughs> Poor old Johnny Ray. He just <laughs> passed away. Uh, I was thinking of COVID's metamorphosis, but it would have to be pronounced. Yes, COVID. I like that. Thank you for going. Thank you for going there. I was trying to figure out a a pun on that myself, but I couldn't come up with one, so good for you. But it's COVID. It would have to be COVID, not COVID. COVID, which is, yeah. It doesn't COVID. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work quite it as well, work. does it? No. But I think a musical is, I think there's a fringe show coming. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, there are competing forces in the world, not just between good and evil, but there are financial forces that are competing. There are nations who are competing. There's no grand unifying theory to explain the trajectory of an economy, a global economy. There are four, but there are forces at work and everybody therefore is filtering the news through their own agenda. And so when you watch MSNBC, it's all Donald Trump's fault. Right. But, but if you watch CBC, they're reporting, I would assume they're, they're not blaming it on Trump, right? They're not reporting about, I mean, what, what is the story when you turn on the CBC? What, how do they report it? The CBC, it's more of, um, there's more blame on uh, countries that got this originally that did not take it seriously enough. Right. That didn't give us the the lead time to do something. But I'm not sure what that something could have been. The only thing that seems, the only strategy is to stay indoors yeah. and wash your hands. Let me tell you how the wash your hands thing has gotten so crazy. Today, I got in the mail, I got my new health card, Canadian health card. I open it up. And the envelope up, and I look at the health card, and my wife immediately runs over with um, a, a, a Lysol wipes. She said, wipe the card, wipe the envelope, wipe yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you think the chances really of me catching something from a, an envelope might be? Limited? Yeah. And what are the chances yeah. that your wife doesn't want you to catch it? Uh, large, I think, because I don't think she wants to catch it or oh, my son will yeah. catch it. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how extreme it's, it's going to be. It's, uh, you know, people screwing in hazmat suits with a little hole. <laughs> you mean orthodox? Okay. Mark Breslin. Yes. They knew what they were doing. Hey, yeah. they look ahead of their time. So does Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mark Breslin is the founder and president of North America's largest comedy chain. I think I'm an optimist. I think everything will be back and running in a month. I just am. I, you know, it's not like I don't believe in. Cons I'm just saying I think at some point it's never as bad as we think. I have to believe that. I have to believe that things are never as good or as bad as you think they are. It depends on what level of triage governments can accept and societies can accept. Right. Denial. How much denial we can accept. No, how, how many people can die and you can still feel that that was the right decision that you made to continue society as we know it? Because right. that, will, that will make people, people die. Um, how many, how many will it be? Uh, I made that crack about, you know, uh, 6 million Jews, but there is something to this because, um, you know, it's by far not the biggest killer of, of, of things and it won't ever be, you know, that 12,000 people die of tuberculosis around the world every week. I didn't even know tuberculosis was a thing anymore. I thought it had been eradicated. Well, I'm wrong. It's a and you are not going to have 12,000. It's a peasant's Sorry? dish. Uh, tuberculosis is a peasant's dish. It's making a comeback. Oh, so it's a pasta. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But now the rich oh, have discovered okay. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, there's a lot of other things out there that are, 
you know, far more deadly. Um, this is new. And I guess that's why it's scary. And everybody thinks that um, there's a geometric curve that's going to continue. But geometric curves in these kinds of things don't necessarily continue. They taper off because of things like natural immunity. Right. Um, and it's only a question of how many people were willing to let to let go. To, to go back to, to normal. Yeah, yeah. So that's the big question. Mark Breslin, stay on the line for one quick second. Okay. 